Jolt with Larry Flick on Sirius XMLQ. So when you've been doing what I do for as long as I've been doing it, and it's actually 32 years this summer, you create a little checklist of people whom you haven't met, haven't interviewed, haven't had the chance to have a moment with. And on my little, and it's become a little checklist, I'm very lucky to say, there is one name that I just keep going, we keep almost meeting. Well, she's finally here, and I'm gagging. Darlene Love, Hi. what a thrill to finally meet you. Thank you. What a thrill, what a thrill. Darlene Love, one of the great voices in popular music, is joining us to talk about her brand new album, the very um, fortuitously titled <laughs> yeah, I was Introducing... <laughs> Darlene Love. <laughs> right. Have you been getting a lot of different ways that people say? Yeah, and you know, the answer is because the last time I recorded was 1988, but I recorded it and they shoved it. It never came out. They just spent all this money, recorded the record, and then never put the record out. So I feel like I really have not recorded as, say, Darlene Love music, secular music, since the Phil Spector days. Isn't that something? Amazing. It's something. I, 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 I received the title and, and, and the music as being um, a very a very profound and strong introduction to who you really are. Yes. Because I think we all have so many ideas of who you are. We have our fantasies of who you are. We have our romantic attachments to you know, your, your Christmas music, to your classic Phil Spector songs, and... And in some ways, I don't know how much those songs demonstrate who you are. They do only because that was my history. It's not necessarily who I am. Mm. But they were great songs when I did them. And that was Darling Love when those records were coming out. But those were Phil Spector records. And I say that because Phil Spector did not want my voice to sound powerful. Uh, So he would record me and then speed the track up a little bit. So I would even sound younger. So I, um, today I sound totally different from the way I sound, sounded, you know. um, That's why people say, your voice is stronger today than it was. I said, that's because he wouldn't let my voice sound He's giving you Minnie Mouse realness on those records. My goodness. (laughs) To me, I was, when I heard that this album was coming, I was dying to hear what songs you would choose to sing versus what people would ask you to sing. Right. And I'm curious to know where you started. When you have been working toward this moment, as long as you seem to have been working toward it, the list of what you want to do, the songs you want to sing, it I imagine that it is daunting to the point of paralyzing. Yes and no. One thing about me recording with Steve Van Zandt, I trust him totally. Um, 
we met almost 40 years ago in Los Angeles when my career was going down in the toilet and I'm trying to make my way back again after I was doing day work and cleaning and my friend Lou Adler in, in uh, Los Angeles owns the Roxy. And so I told him, I want to do a show here. He said, okay. I said, well, now can you invite somebody? <laughs> can you invite your friends? <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> and in that show was Steve Van Zandt and uh, Bruce Springsteen. And that's when I met Steven. And he said, well, you figure that's the 80s. And I recorded in the 60s. He said, I want to record you. I need to record you. I need to record you. And I went, okay. I said, but uh, you ever think about moving to New York? And I went, no, never. <laughs> <laughs> I've worked in New York off and on all my career, not as Darling Love, but as a backup singer. And uh, he said, well, if I get you some jobs, will you come? I said, yes. So he got me a few jobs, and I came. And uh, what got in the way was his career, and my career started kind of bubbling once I started, uh, once I moved to New York, uh, he got real, real busy with Steve, uh, with Steve, with uh, Bruce, and that was going on and on and on. So, you know, it was just like one of these days. And then, as luck will have it, Home Alone, the movie came along, and they wanted me to record um, Christmas Baby, Please Come Home for the movie, and I refused. I said, I'm not putting another penny in Phil Spector's pocket. What I think you guys should do is call Steve Van Zandt. I bet you he could get as close to Christmas, baby, please come home, than anybody I know. And uh, they called Steve, and he wrote All Alone at Christmas. And that got us back together for a hot minute, you know. And uh, he said, we're going to get together. We're going to do this. We're gonna, I said, okay, okay. So my career just kept going along, a slow pace, but it kept going along. And Steve and I stayed friends all this time. Even though we weren't seeing each other every day, he would see something special he wanted me to do, and he'd invite me to do it, and vice versa if I needed him. And I didn't know it was going to take us over 30 years to record an album. Well, you know, <laughs> that's what they call an incubation period, Miss Darlene Love. My goodness. Um, but in a way, do you think that that time, I mean, it would have been nice if it were a little bit less, but, but, a long period of time allowed you to, in some fashion, heal from your past so that you could trust him? Because as you're telling this story, I'm thinking, well, why is she trusting another man? Because the bitter queen in me is saying, run in the other direction after what you've been through. So what was it about Steve Van Zandt that unlocked the door? Well, because everybody's not a dog. Everybody doesn't have bad intentions. So you have to find, you're going to have to trust somebody along the way, one way or another. Mm. You, you stop trusting people and you're dead. Because you have to, at some time in your life, start trusting again. And when I went through all the hard times that I was going through, I mean, we're talking about marriage. I lost my father, strong men, you know, in my life. And I had nobody else. You know, it was my belief in God, my faith. And... Um, so Steve just was always one of those kind of persons that was just there, but wasn't there, you know, he, and then I met his wife and then we became friends. Oh, so, well, that helps big time. And, uh, he came to all my shows. If he was in town, he was in my shows. 
and right. you know, and right. uh, so I he was had, putting in, he was putting in the time. Yeah, and he heard me, and what was upsetting him? It was funny. He told me he said he was waiting. He thought some person, some record company, was going to come there and demand that I be recorded, but nobody came. That is odd. Nobody came. Why do you think that? And so he kept why, saying, why, why, "Why do you think? Why do you think?" You know what? Especially what's going on with the record business, the record companies were starting to fail because people were making their own records. They were selling them out the back of their cars. They were getting tired of getting ripped off by the record companies. That's yeah. who was making all the money. The yeah. record companies today are not making money. <laughs> That's why you don't have well, this any. This is real. This is real. <laughs> That's, and unfortunately, we lost all our disc jockeys, which was our lifeline. I know. And then we did tours at radio stations when our records came out. That's what we did for like months. You know, you don't have that anymore. It's a whole nother ball game how to do records today. Steven knows how to do that. I have not got a clue how they sell records today. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I work at a radio station. <laughs> I still don't know. That is Miss Darlene Love joining us on Sirius XM LQ. I'm Larry Flake. The album is called Introducing Darlene Love. So how did you make sure that you would not be ever performing in someone's fantasy of who you are. Because when you are at the point where people have uh, very romantic attachments to anything you do, and people have very romantic attachments to your music, mm -hmm. um, they can have their version of who they think Darlene Love is and that may or may not synchronize with who you really are. Um, and so you could very easily spend your time living someone's fantasy as opposed to living your truth. And what I hear on this record is bone real truth. Uh, and I do want to go through a few of the tracks in a little bit, but how did you make sure, how do you navigate the expectations <laughs> of, I mean, Steve Van Zandt clearly is a fan Yes. Before he's your friend. First, exactly, yes. So that means he has all kinds of ideas of who Darlene Love is in his head. Right. How'd you make but sure he knew who you were? between him and everybody else, he was about doing it for me, not for himself. He said in his years ago, I'm the person who can record you. And I just believed it because he didn't, he just, it was the confidence he had in himself, they knew he could record me. He knew the writers to go to. He knew, I mean, we turned down a lot of songs, you know, that we got. Some that I thought were really were good. He said, no, that's not good because I want to make a rock and roll album. And that was very important to him. It was also important to me mm. to make a real rock and roll because I tell, they're really not, as far as I'm concerned, Tina Turner was a rock and roller. There are not a lot. Joan Jett is a rock and roller. Right. There are not any really true rock and roll females. They're just not. They're not rock and roll singers. They, they're singing, but it's not rock and roll what, the way I look at what rock and roll is. There are still a few around, but, but it's not. And I knew in my heart that Stephen would record me right but, you know, I mean, we sat and we talked. We talked about the different writers. You know, I wouldn't like a song. But then he would say, but I like this one. I think it's good for you. And then he would let me live with it for a few days. And then 
I agreed with him. This was the right song to do. We he we got songs. I mean, he was in uh, Switzerland. I think that's where he goes to do, do his television show. And we do Skype. Oh, so, okay, I got another song. Uh, listen to this one. <laughs> wow. We'd be getting keys over Skype so we could. Wow. I could sing it and see. And another thing that was great about him, Stephen can sing. You sure can. And plus, he would sing these songs to me, and you know, not tell me how to sing it, but. He would sing the song to me, and I know he was telling me how to sing it when he was singing it for me. Very interesting. None of these records came from a demo. These records were all written, and Stephen sung the songs to me. That's how I learned them. Well, one of the songs that um, I can't stop listening to today, and that's how you know you love a record. You're going to really be with a record for a long time when your favorites change every day. And so my favorite song today is Painkiller. Ah. <laughs> it is just pow. Can you please tell me about where that song came from? You know, and I never, ever thought about singing a song like that. That was one of the songs I kept telling Stephen, come on now, Stephen, this is a painkiller. What? I can't get to this one. He said, no, 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 listen to it. Just, you know, listen to the music. You know, see, we, it's something that you have not done before. But I am also one of those type of person will try something that I've never done before. The more I got into it, and was great with Stephen because he did all the music first. He put my background singers on the record. And then by the time they got finished, I was ready to sing Painkiller because I felt it. <laughs> it's just powerful and raw. and Raw is right. It's just so, like, right there in your face. Um, um, the other song that I, I've been listening to a lot today is Marvelous Thing. Yeah. It's just, it, it, to me, it's the flip side of what, a person would expect from that this song. Album. It's amazing because it's, um, um, it, I've been singing that song in my show for years because it's one of those songs. I'm so grateful about what's going on in my life right now and everything that I've been through that I sing that song with so much conviction that it was one night at BB King's Stephen was in the audience. He came backstage. He said, well, what are you guys doing tomorrow? We said, nothing. We got the day off. He said, you don't have the day off. We're going into the studio, and we're going to record Marvelous. It's the first song we recorded. And then we didn't do nothing for a month. <laughs> you are the most patient woman on the planet. Hey, listen. I about smack someone's <laughs> face off if I had, if I had to wait you know like you do. you know what happened? Uh, Bruce Springsteen decided he was going to go out on the road for a couple of months. Bruce Moose. Who? But guess what? He stayed a couple of years. <laughs> Listen, yeah, he's the boss, but your darling love, excuse everybody. But wait, you know, and then he loves me too. I know, you know? he does. I know he does. I know he does. But you know what? I just, I am also one of those type of person. They say everything in its time. When it's time to do it, it was going to do it. Because they were off for about a whole month. And he did like five songs right away. Mm. But not messy, throwing them together. He knew exactly what he was going to do in his head. So he had already arranged these songs in his head, there was a line in one of the songs, and when the when they were playing it, he just kept saying these words, la la la, and I went, oh, that's great. I thought he was doing that because that's what he wanted me to do to open the song with. It was for the horns. I said, but I'm doing it too, because <laughs> I thought it was such a great line. So he had all of this in his head already, what he wanted to do. The wow. songs that he when he. You know, Elvis Costello, well, please. I mean, uh, 
is just some of the songs that everybody wrote. Everybody had a darling love in mind when they wrote these songs. What does that feel like to be this muse floating around people's lives? It's unexplainable because I don't know how that happens. I say it's the spirit of God. Um, I would agree to some extent. It because it, what's out there is for us. It's it's already out there. We just have to you know bring it in. So how? When did have you always been a woman of faith? Oh yes. Always. Always. And is that what what carried you through the tough times you had with Phil Spector? Not as much then, because uh, you know how like we all have our time when we, mm-hmm. we have more faith than other times? Yes, honey. Yes. <laughs> and that was one of those times when I didn't have as much faith because I thought, what am I doing in here with this crazy man? He's nuts, you know? <laughs> and that was doing a, a transition time for me. We were great background singers, and I was like, I don't need you. I don't need to record. You know, I'm a background singer. I'm making plenty of money. Today, sometimes I wonder why I left the background business <laughs> because most people I know that uh, were in back singing background, especially the musicians, they were they filthy rich today. Not that that's why we do it to become filthy rich, but we do it to have a better life. Yeah, you know sure. what I'm saying. I know exactly so, what you're saying. So you know, it's always it's it, it's just it's something I think that is always in you. Well, number one, I was raised Pentecostal. My father is a was a minister, so we grew up in a in a in a house that was just full of faith, and we didn't listen to rock and roll because they called it the devil's music. And if you keep listening to this music, you're going to hell. So, and I went, okay, all right. But when I got it, had my conversation with God, and I told him, and he said, go for it. You got it. I went, why am I going to listen to y'all? When he told me to go ahead, and he didn't give me the okay. Mm. And that's what I really feel. I believe it. (laughs) Because I believe, because being a person of faith myself, I believe that there's a way that it kind of like inhabits you and, and, um, informs you yes. in what you do yes. informs you what you do you know i always say you know what because i was around i was uh during the days all the we'd go into the recording studio with people like the mamas and the papas lou adler i was with that whole group of the 60s the beach boy and drugs were very prevalent and i was scared of drugs i was like no i'd be the one out on the floor you know begging for that next shot so you know what i'm staying away from all of this crazy stuff so it looked like every time I would like go a little too far, somebody would wind me back up and something? put me right back where I'm supposed to be. And that's the way I think my whole life has been. So that's uh, Miss Darlene Love joining us here on Sirius XMLQ. Uh, we're going to have to let, uh, let her move on with her day in just a second, but I have to ask you one more question. Now that we've been introduced... <laughs> Girl, you ain't going to wait 30 more years, are you? No, are you kidding? No, I haven't got 30 more years to get this business. (laughs) (laughs) Are you proud of, are you as proud of this record as I hope you are? I am so proud of this record. I I literally, it's it's probably the first, I didn't like any of my Phil Spector records. I told people, these records ain't going to sell one copy. Maybe the one I buy and the one my mama buys. But these, these, what is these songs? I mean, and then look at them. They're still mm. alive and well 50 years later. Well, that was because you sang them. Ah, uh, but, okay. you know, but I love every song, every song. Matter of fact, the gentleman just walked in this room, called me last week, and he went, guess what my favorite song is on the album? And I was really waiting to hear what it was. And he went, 
Jesus is the rock. <laughs> That's a good song. He said, you sung the, well, I can't tell you what he said because, you know, I tell Stephen all the time, Stephen, you can't use that word when you're talking about gospel music. Are you talking about Uncle Steve Lee <laughs> who just walked into the room? <laughs> yes. Baby. You don't even want to know what he says when in the halls. Anyway, it is such a thrill. Such a Thank thrill you. to talk with you. Thank you so much. Oh, I'll be back. Listen, you know what I do when I come down here and they see me walking down the hall to see, they'll go, Come in, come in, come, come, come. And I ended up doing the interview that I'm not supposed to do. So this is like home. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. And I'm glad that I finally got some time with you. We will continue then. The album is called Introducing Darlene Love. We're going to listen to a song from it right now here on Sirius XM Out Here.